completely understandable. Uh, you're more than welcome to get into somebody's face after you get hit in the nuts. It's more of an effort for her to get up that fucking pole. It's like a 20-minute ride down. It's proportional. By the time she gets all the way to the floor, she turns into Batman. I sing dirty. Do free black coffee for everybody. <laughs> hey, everybody, welcome to You're Gonna Get a Disease with Luke and Nick. Hey there, buddy. Hey, guys. And we also have Lloyd Notice here. So how's your week? Shitty. How's yours? Oh, it's all right. It's all right. What do you got? I, I saw your Facebook status. So you had uh, you got into it with some customers, huh? As usual. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about that. What, what, what happened? Uh, I got a call about somebody saying that they want to deliver over to uh, a place that we don't usually deliver to. From Aurelio's. Oh, that's right. You talked about it on another show. There's a really bad uh, neighborhood in Joliet. Exactly. And so they called, and they said that they wanted me to have my driver go to a shitty area and try to collect a personal check. Fuck that. I told them, (laughs) no fucking way. It's not going to happen. I'll fucking kill you if you ever try to do so. I didn't say all that. I told them that we won't go over there he tried to make it seem like he was being tough and said, I'll go to Pizza Hut instead. Fine. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Wait. Hold on. So he wanted you to send your driver to a shitty neighborhood. Right. Where he was going to pick up a check. A check. How the fuck? We are in 2015. Halfway, almost halfway through 2015. <laughs> There's no fucking reason why people should have personal fucking checks. I'm sorry. There's, it's just not going to happen, and I'm not going to send one of my employees over to that area to get gang raped and then shot, and probably not even eat the pizza. That's, that's a fucking waste. Maybe that's should, a waste of the driver and a waste of my fucking chef's time. Maybe you should have asked for a money order, see if we get that. Yeah. Maybe they'll just give me the food stamps and get it out of the way. Not to be racist. I'm not throwing that part out there. Because <laughs> they accused you of being racist. Did I see that of on course. Facebook? Of course. Because anytime a middle class white guy does anything, we're racist. <laughs> oh, so I'm happy geez. to be a Republican. <laughs> that, that's just crazy. So how's everything else going? Anything uh, new this week? I got a couple topics we can talk about. Um, All right, let's get to the topics. Yeah. Well, actually, that's, I want to talk about. Um, I wrote a few things down. Um, so Allison and I actually just came from a wedding yesterday. Ah, whose yeah. wedding? Uh, you know, she had an old friend from uh, from Lewis that uh, you know she's a little younger, not not exactly part of the Sigma Delta crowd, but um, you know, uh, ran around the same circle. So it's good to see some uh, some old friends. Okay. So, uh, her, uh, <laughs> she was standing up in the wedding. And, um, so it, it was, uh, somebody who's younger than us. You know, probably about, uh, on the average, about six to ten years younger than us, uh, the crowd that was at the wedding. So, you know, I knew wow. a few familiar faces. But, um, I was pretty bored because, 
you know, she was standing up at the wedding, so I was basically, for the most part, at the reception, just hanging out stag. Yeah. And uh, I was, just, you know, spending time at the bar, building up to the bar, because, you know, I didn't want to sit at the table. I didn't really have much to talk about with the other people. And, you know, everybody's a lot younger, and they're talking about, you know, things that just, I don't know, didn't really seem interested in. Um, and then I started paying attention to the waitstaff, and, and I don't know if it's uh, just the, the years of working at, uh, at the bar and bartending. I started, you know, thinking in my head, I critiquing to myself, you know, this bartender's overpouring, just way too much wine in the glass. She's, oh boy, she's uh, she's not using speed pours, but she's not using the jiggers either. That filter pours and had a heavy hand. You can't use jigger. That's that's one of those racial terms that we got to put to the side <laughs> over there. The the measuring the measuring device to pour out liquor. There you go with uh, with the filter pours. And uh, she wasn't using them, so she had a very heavy hand, and I don't know if it's just my years worth of bartending, and she really started really started to irk me, especially, you know, being working at the bar and being conscious of, you know, our costs and, you know, how we have to run things. So let me know, you know tell me if uh, when you go to pizza places, do you critique their pizza, the restaurant, do you just, being in the service street industry in general, do you have, do you notice these things? Does it bother you at all? I mean, I notice them, but it, it all depends if... if... If the restaurant is good and it has good food, that's all, that's all, the finished product is all I'm worried about. Everything that happens in the meantime, I mean, as long as the guy's not wiping his ass and then serving my food, which to a point I can deal with, depends what he ate, I guess. As long as he doesn't pick up something from the floor. Exactly. And clean it with his mouth. Because, I mean, Working in that industry, you just, you know for a fact that not everybody's going to be completely hygienic. You hope for it, but, I mean, fuck if I know if they're doing anything the right way. <laughs> well, you probably hold your employees to a higher standard, wouldn't you think? Usually. But, I mean, you can't watch everybody all the time. That's, that's the unfortunate circumstances of having a whole staff. Yeah, I don't know. I was just it was really starting to irk at me the way the bartender was working their station and stuff. You know, it was just fine and dandy. You know, I was um, and that that and she was the service was just kind of a little slower. So, you know, I was looking to get drunk, but I didn't really get too drunk. And uh, you know, so it was a younger crowd, and we ended up we found ourselves at the uh, in the presidential suite at the reception after party because the you know the wedding and the reception were both in a hotel. And the whole bridal party, including the groom and bride, decided, you know, the, well, the night's not over. You know, we've got booze upstairs. You know, let's go up and drink. And, you know, I was probably one of the older older people, older guests in the hotel room. Nice. And the presidential suite was beautiful. It's beautiful, you know, 12th floor. Oh, I was... hope so. It's the presidential suite. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I was just sitting around and, you know, listening to some of the conversations they, they had. And it's... Really noticed, and again, six to ten years between, you know, my age and, you know, well, yeah, Allison's a little younger, so, you know, her friends who were there were a little younger than her. <laughs> um, but, you know, there were a couple people who were ten years younger, so they're in their 20s. And uh, all of a sudden, the, the bachelor party comes up. Oh, fuck. So I had to stop the conversation and go, hold on, hold on, hold on. Cause, uh, you don't talk about that. Yeah. It's the unwritten rule of bachelor parties. All these fucking jagoffs that are taking pictures during bachelor parties nowadays. No. Stop it. Do not take pictures. Do not post where you guys are going. It should be a complete night of mystery. That, that's exactly my point. The, the bachelor, the, the people who are attending the bachelor party, including the groom, 
were, were bitching about how one of the guys ended up taking pictures and posting them to Facebook. Oh, that, that's against Cosa Nostra. Yep. And, uh, you know. So I'll have them whacked. Which, you know, I, I had to interrupt the conversation. I stopped everybody in the room. I said, listen, you don't take pictures at a bachelor party. That's where you fucked up rule number one. The other part is, is that I found out that the groom had invited one of the bride's, the bride's brother to the bachelor party. Oh, boy. Which is also a big no-no, you know, I don't think. And, you know, they kind of... Um, Depending on what you have planned. If, I mean, if, if you're planning on having strippers, you know, sucking jello out of one another's crotch, that's understandable. But if, you know, if if you're, like, going to go play pool or something for a night, you know, just have a guy's night, then, yeah, you can invite the fucking lame brother. But besides that, no. <laughs> well, you know, that was my other point. It's just this whole different generational thing. You know, one... They're, they're talking about the bachelor party, which, you know, I told them, hey. And then, two, they justified, okay, yeah, he posted pictures on Facebook. Well, we weren't doing anything, you know. And it's uh, no. it's probably, uh, um, I don't know if it's a generational thing where the, I haven't been to a proper bachelor party in a really long time. You know, it's uh, it's always like paintball now or, you know, something. Where's the filth? You know, I'm a married man, and, you know, it's we had our times back in the day where, you know, we'd go to bachelor parties. We talked about it in a couple episodes. Yep. When, Even though that's breaking kind of the rules, but whatever. Well, I mean, we the Jonah story of the week. Oh, yeah. I mean, with Jonah, 90% of the time it's going to be filth anyway. <laughs> so you might as well just get that out there. I'm going to do you guys a favor. On the next episode of Dodge Drunks, I'm going to hire a stripper to hit Jonah in the face with a giant fucking blue dildo. <laughs> Oh, this is for us. Oh, that'd be great. But it's just, I don't know what it, what it is about this generational thing. This, this whole big difference. You know, it's kind of like we talked about in the last episode where you, the, <laughs> the girl on St. Patrick's Day stopped in the bar and she was slapping her face with goat dick to get the pheromones on her so she could get laid. Jesus Christ. You know, I, I, was, I was talking to Jeff Segorsi and he's saying the younger generation of girls... Big surprise. Jeff's... Of course Jeff Segorsi's about the younger girls. <laughs> but he was just saying, Fuck. it seems like the girls of this generation, you know, that he dates, they're a little more aggressive than they used to be back in the day. Now, I've been out of the game a while. You know, obviously I married Allison, you know, years ago. And, uh, you know, I mean, you know, you're newly married to Amy. And, uh, I mean, yeah. she's a little, she's she's not in her 20s. No. Not, no. no offense. Neither one of us. Fuck. I don't but, even know if I want to be anymore. But uh, it just seems there's this generational gap where it's just that whole attitudes change, and, and maybe that kind of go. Maybe that explains the the whole theory. But, I mean, I guess if I were 21, or let's say if I were 17, when I was 17, 18, and we okay. had the internet, and it was just full of whatever kind of porn you could possibly download, I think I'd be beaten off six, seven, eight times a day, more than the already seven times a day that I beat up. Now. I mean. I remember back in the day, you used to have to be like MacGyver to try and find some porn. Because you definitely wouldn't want to pay for the shit. Because, I mean, you were a kid. You didn't have the kind of money to be doing any shit like that. But You'd have to watch through the static on the TV exactly. and move your, the antenna just right. Or you'd have to pay one of your older cousins or brother or a good friend to pick up, you know, a copy of Playboy, which is bullshit at this point. You see more on network TV now. Than you do on Playboy. So I just wondered if it's a generational thing that, you know, the kids these days are just not into sex and the roles got reversed where they 
the women are the aggressors now. I mean, you think about it, you got Tinder and Facebook and Snapchat and all these things that maybe maybe the guys of the younger generation are just decent. They're not into... It's because guys have access to porn. Guys don't have to struggle so hard to, to get it. They could just look at, you know, a picture of a girl's vagina just right on the on their home screen, and that's good enough for some. Hey, hey, come on. Let's go. Let's go. Back up. All right, Luke's going to take Otis out, and uh, let's see. Uh, what do I sing? What do I sing? Um, oh, you're so condescending. Your goal is never-ending. We don't want nothing, not a thing from you. Your life is trite and jaded, boring and confiscated. If that's your best, your best won't do. Nice. Here you go. We're not gonna take it. Oh, hey there, buddy. So I wonder if these 20-year-olds just, you know... You're dating a girl, and it's show me something I haven't seen before because I've seen it all. I got the internet. Yeah. Uh, I anyways. mean, not only that, but kids are now having sex with teachers. You know, at the age of fourteen. So <laughs> by the time they get up to the twenties, you know, they've had rulers up strange places and <laughs> erasers. They don't even use erasers anymore. Everything's done on goddamn iPods. Uh, so let's uh let's get into topics for this week. Um. So, uh, I thought you might like this one. Okay. The Eiffel Tower hosted its first race to the top. Wow. And, uh, that was, so it's 1,700 stairs, just over 1,700 stairs to the top of the Eiffel Tower. This guy who got the record for getting to the top of the Eiffel Tower, eight minutes he got to the top of the I'm surprised, you know, I this was just like a blurb on the news and like I had to do a double take. Didn't have my DVR at the time, so I had to look it up on the internet. I'm surprised it didn't get... More coverage well, than I mean, it did. There, there's a reason for that, because running is stupid. <laughs> any any sport that there's no physical contact doesn't impress me. I mean, you're talking to a Division One wrestler here, somebody that was bouncing and throwing guys. That 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 might as well be a sport. I did more wrestling as a bouncer than I did as a wrestler. But yeah, and the Eiffel Tower. I mean, who cares? We have the Sears Tower here. Am I supposed to be impressed that somebody could run up some little landmark in Paris? No. I'm going to be impressed by the guy that runs up a crazily record-breaking building in Chicago. <laughs> All right, I, I got another story for you. Uh, so Starbucks has pushed down a corporate initiative to, okay. uh, to basically they want to promote or they want to uh, – they're, they're trying to do a race together initiative. So they're, they're doing this hashtag called um, race together hashtag to be a partner. And they're asking their employees via corporate memo. They put it out on the internet. Somebody took a shot of it and uh, let you take a look at it. They, uh, they want their baristas to start promoting, uh, you know, racial equality. And start talking to the customers about, uh, you know, race together and hand-in-hand, uh, okay. hand and they're passing out stickers. And, um, you know, they, they say that you can help foster empathy and common understanding in the country as the country faces on ongoing racial tension with everything that's going on with, uh, with uh, Ferguson and all that. So Starbucks is going to erase racial inequalities in this country. Well, I guess... 
I guess the corporate executives want to take their uh, take responsibility or, or take action and and uh, help relieving the racial tension with Starbucks seven dollar lattes. That's what's going to bring people together. <laughs> I mean, sounds to me like they want some government funding. As far as I'm concerned, I, I don't know that they need government funding. They just uh, they're just trying to do some good social. They don't need it, but name one corporation that doesn't want more money. I mean, it's it's not a bad idea on paper. Don't get me wrong. If if you could, if every corporation followed this model, it'd be a wonderful place. Nobody's gonna follow this model. Starbucks is gonna be by themselves, and now all of a sudden you have a memorandum for nothing short of we had good intentions. Give us some money. You know what? From now on, all the pizzas are gonna be free across the board for everybody. Sounds like a good idea, but I'm not gonna fucking do it. <laughs> uh, I just I, I go I go back and forth with this. It's kind of a, a nice feel good story where you know they're trying to promote racial awareness, but uh, I don't know. Expecting the baristas are probably making nine dollars an hour, and it's kind of like a lot to ask from them to ease racial tension and talk about uh, just politically. They should just do free black coffee for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> no good? You don't think that'll go? <laughs> no, I think good. they'll make a lot of money. <laughs> Alright, I got a I got a sports topic we could take a look at. Let's go. Uh so the uh Boston Celtics. Okay. They were um the scumbags of the NBA. They were this generation's uh Detroit Pistons, if you will. Right. And um so they obviously broke up the big three with uh, Kevin Garnett and uh, uh, who were the other guys? Rondo. Rajon, well, Rajon Rondo wasn't one of the big three. It was Paul Kevin Pierce. Garnett, pa- Paul Pierce, and uh, uh, Ray. Not, why, do, why do I want to say Ray Rice? Ray Allen. Ray Allen. Yeah. Ray Allen. Sorry. Ray Allen. So they got this new guy, uh, Marcus Smart, and he's supposed to be the next Kevin Garnett. And he got caught. The other day, he was, well, I'll let you take a look at the video. He was basically, he was trying to fight his way through a screen. And he comes across his defender, and then obviously another defender, probably somebody who was, you know, covering him earlier. And Derek Rose has said on a bunch of interviews that the reason why he wears all the protective, you know, spandex and the padded, you know, the padded armor underneath his jersey. It says, everybody's, everybody in NBA is out to kill you. Okay. And, uh, you know, they might do it, you know, inadvertently or just, you know, some of them try to do it on purpose, like on the sly, you know, when you're going for a dunk and you just land on somebody or you throw an elbow here or there. But uh, this guy, Marcus Smart, he basically fought through a screen and it was almost like a, a wrestling move where he reached back, cocked his arm, and hit this guy in the nuts. Oh, fuck. <laughs> um, he hit the uh, Matt Bonner. From the Spurs. All right, let's see this. I just thought the irony of the guy, his name's Bonner, getting it in the boner. Let's take a look at Smart comes through Baines. Oh, oh he, he punched, punched him, him in the midsection or lower. Oh, he's gone. That is horrible. That is... Wow, yeah, he's Marcus gonna... Smart has had some temper issues in the past. Yeah. This is inexcusable. 
No, that's that's the suspension. Yeah, that's really bad. Well, that's, well, he's out of the ball game. You take about three seconds to look at that. Yeah. Yeah, he'll, he'll get an early night, and then he'll get a call from the league. And it's not the way you want to start your career, you know, being known as a guy who's going to take cheap shots like that. And as he glances over toward the monitor, he doesn't need to look. Yeah, he knows. Yeah, he knows. He's, he's just hoping it didn't get caught. Yeah. Wow. That, I'm uh, just amazed to see that. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised a, to see that. It's a flagrant two. It's, un it's unfortunate. I mean, they, the Celtics have really represented themselves well here tonight. Even though they're down by a bunch, they played hard. They played smart basketball. And you let you know an incident like that, you know, bring the team down. He had a, apparently they had originally given a double technical. They have rescinded Bonner's technical uh -huh. after reviewing the tape, which is totally understandable yeah. and the right thing. And so what are they saying now? He's and ejected. He is ejected with the flagrant two. Unbelievable. Oh, Christ. Well, that was unnecessary. Like, white guys have enough problems that we don't need to get hit in the nuts by black guys. That was that was rough to watch. <laughs> and, well, and Bonner's not even the kind of guy to get upset during the game. I mean, it's not like Bonner's their star player anyway. Well, I don't know if they had some altercation between uh, him and... Uh, I don't know. But... Uh, I like how they said in the video, how <laughs> was that a flagrant when there was all ball? But, uh, yeah, so they ejected him from the game. I mean, uh... He got a flagrant two foul. Yeah. I, I mean, you saw the video. Do you think that was, uh... Oh, that was that was completely intentional. Should, should it also be a fine? Fuck if I know. I mean, they fine for everything else. Might as well fine them for that. Maybe a suspension? Hopefully. There's... Look, there's no need for that kind of shit. I mean, you're already playing a, you know, you're getting paid millions of dollars to play a game. Play it the way it's supposed to be played. I mean, it's, I don't know, it's rough. It's, it's rough to see players do something like that because there's somebody out there that probably looks up to that fucking guy. And here he goes, hitting guys in the dick. And, you know, I mean, I wonder what their parents fucking say. Okay, so two things. I hate that Marcus Smart is wearing number 36, because that's my number, fucker. <laughs> and the other thing, I love how they initially gave Bonner a technical. They did a double technical. And <laughs> I guess Bonner got in his face after he got punched in the nuts. And then after they ejected Marcus Smart, <laughs> they rescinded the technical. Like, oh... Completely understandable. Uh, you're more than welcome to get into somebody's face after you get hit in the nuts. <laughs> the other thing that I love, like, when they do the playback and the announcers actually realized what went on, you just got to hear this <laughs> groan in unison from the announcers. It's like, especially in slow motion, like every guy knows what that feeling is. 
And it's just, oh, <laughs> let's listen to that again, shall we? Smart comes through Baines. Oh, he punched, punched him in him. the midsection or lower. All right, you want to do some uh, Dr. Luke? Okay. Let me get my uh, diploma out. Dr. Luke is a segment where I scour the internet for all kinds of sex and relationship advice questions and ask them to Luke and hope that he says something funny. I didn't go through seven years of fake med school to be called just fucking Luke, all right? It's Dr. Luke. Okay, first Dr. Luke question. Dr. Luke, my wife, who I just married, where we just hit our two-year anniversary, um, having some trouble getting her to spend some quality time. Okay. Uh, she's uh, spending a lot, awful lot of time with her best friend, so much to the point, so much so to the point where she spends more time with her best friend than she actually does with me. Now, real quick, is the best friend a guy or a girl? It's a girl. Okay. So, so she's uh, having a lot of girls' nights. She's um, constantly having dinner with her friend, leaving me at home by myself, uh, just unattended to. Does, does he think that she's a lesbian, or is it just he's jealous of the time that she's spending away? Because, I mean, at the end of the day, that's perfect spank bank time right there. I mean, you can't be too mad. You probably get some rest in. It's a little quiet around the house. You can watch porn at an unreasonable volume for once instead of hiding it most of the time. Or, of course, you go for the threesome. Which is the way I'd go. <laughs> Try to work that in, you know, have a whole girls' night in. <laughs> or in the girls' night? Precisely. Always go for the threesome. Always, always go for threesome. <laughs> if ever in doubt, go for a threesome. If a dog is involved, go for the bestiality threesome. <laughs> it's not my dogs. Oh, maybe Otis. All right, uh, let's see. Next Dr. Luke question. I like this chick... But not sure if she's into me. I keep pursuing her, but I'm not sure when I should give up. Don't want to be a creeper. Any advice? Go for the threesome. <laughs> uh, with that one, just fucking ask her. I mean, there are only so long that you could put hints out there before you got to just bite the bullet and just put it out there. Do you like me? Do you not like me? Write her one of those fucking cards that we used to when we were kids where you'd open up and it's like, you know, check the box that applies kind of thing. Yes, no, fuck no, and fuck yes, and then one that just says fuck. <laughs> you pray for the last one, you hope for the first one. Nice nice and concise. <laughs> just be direct. Exactly. Do the, the one note. Luke speaks truth. <laughs> All Which right. Truth. What can I say? All right. Okay. Question number two. Well, next Dr. Luke question. Dr. Luke, I have a buddy who's never gotten laid. Thing Poor is, bastard. <laughs> oh, I wonder if these are age dependent. Thing is, he's way too far gone. He's basically undateable. I feel bad for him, and I'm thinking about getting him a prostitute. Good idea or bad idea? Good idea, don't tell him it's a prostitute. Make him think that 
this chick is actually going for him and things are working out. You're going to have to put in a decent amount of money. Because you got to set it up where you guys go to a bar. And she's already there meeting you. Walks over, buy her a drink or two. And then she goes home, fucks him, meets you in the back alley, and then you pay her the money. Tell it's a blind date. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't even have... It doesn't, look, you don't have to do a whole blind date thing. Just, you know, get him fucked up enough to the point where it's towards the end of the night anyway. And she ends up showing up half hour before they end up leaving. That way, you're only paying for an extra half hour rather than another full hour. Now, depending on how gross he looks, you're going to have to put in a few extra dollars. <laughs> but hopefully it's not going to be too bad. I mean, they probably fucked worse by now. Is that how that works? They have to charge by the ugly? I would hope so. <laughs> if none of that works, go for the threesome. You might have to be the one that does it for your friend. All right, you heard it from Luke. Prostitutes for ugly guys who are undateable. Always good. Uh, next question. Hey, me and my lady are two different religions, and I want to get married. Her family is adamant we go with her faith, or basically they'll ostracize her. My family is doing the same thing. Not much room for compromise. Any advice? Wow, that's a tough one. I mean, if if you do love each other, and if, if that's what's important, then you do... A destination wedding far enough away that neither side of the family would want to go to anyway. So that you could just enjoy your time together, just you and your lady. That's it. You don't want to make it a whole bunch... Just invite fucking friends then. Hey everybody, we're having our ceremony in Tasmania. Exactly. Just do it as far away as humanly... Do it in the Galapagos Islands. <laughs> you know, with a bunch of Darwinian finches. And you don't have to worry about anything else. And just have your friends there. We're going to Abu Dhabi. Trust me, your family will come around. They're not going to shun away the person that you love forever. Especially once the kids start coming around. Then it's going to be a whole new fucking ball game. Alright, next... That's, that's the best advice I think I could give on that. Next Dr. Luke question. Clear heels. Stripper. <laughs> that was the easiest fucking question I've ever had. It's Dr. Luke. No-brainer. I was, was going to say, fucking skanky... Or are they more like Cinderella? Stripper. <laughs> and depending on how high the platform of that heel is, it's shittier stripper by the inch. <laughs> if you got a 12-inch platform heel, then she's a slutty midget, which is still kind of hot. Midget strippers. Yeah, that's the one that your dad said he'd want to see, right? The midget stripper? Exactly. And, it, you know, it takes her, it's more of an effort for her to get up that fucking pole. It's like a 20-minute ride down. It's proportional. By the time she gets all the way to the floor, she turns into Batman. <laughs> oh, jeez. All, all right. right. Do, you have a, uh, do you have a bouncer Luke story? I do, actually. I was thinking about one of these the other day when we were uh, discussing this last. So, it was, it was back in the tuck-away days. Now, I wasn't working there at the time. We went to some other dive fucking bar over in... Uh, Chicago, we were downtown, and uh, that was one of those, like, I was... So see, this wasn't an actual, this is an actual tuck-away story. It is and it isn't, because, I mean, it, it involves my bouncer days, but it didn't happen at tuck-away. See, because me being the small guy of tuck-away, after a while, I just started sizing people up. 
everywhere you fucking go, once you become a bouncer, you size everyone up because as soon as a guy walks in, you think to yourself, can I take him? Which most of the case, yeah, I mean, you pull the right arm bar or something, you could you could take anybody out anywhere. But I was at a bar, and this guy's getting really irate. Some tall black dude with long fucking dreads. Total piece of shit. Smell like weed coming in. So, he ends up getting into the face of one of the other bouncers. He calls for backup. Now, I'm just standing around having a drink. And I'm thinking to myself, I could take out this guy. He's not a big dude. He's tall. But that, I mean, that doesn't really count for shit. So, they start wrestling with him. Take him down to the ground. Now... I'm watching as they beat the living crap out of this guy, smash his face in the floor, and then drag him out. And I was thinking to myself, is that the way I would have handled things? Would I beat somebody to a damn near bloody pulp? No. Probably kick him in the nuts a few times, you know, pull a fucking smart on his ass. But I'm not sure if I would have beaten him almost senseless. I think a guy ripped a chunk of hair out of his head. So now, every, after that, every time a guy walked in to our bar... I'd be thinking about, hmm, would I be able to whoop that guy's ass and beat him to a bloody pulp? And there was only one time that I got close. And that was a guy threw a drink in my fucking face. And I lost it. I'm not going to say that I beat him to a bloody pulp because that would be some kind of lawsuit somewhere. But I definitely made sure that he wouldn't ever want to come back. And uh, it was great because apparently the guy was a huge asshole. And my boss is more happy with me than anything. <laughs> oh, you gotta let the dog in? Ooh, you know I love the smell of poo. I really like it when it lingers. Do you have to let it linger? Do you have to? Do you have to? Would you like to smell my finger? Oh, hey, buddy. All right, let's move on. Uh, okay, so what's your take on the uh, the Marvin Gaye versus Pharrell and Robin Thicke, the Marvin Gaye family? Have you heard about that? I think Pharrell is talentless. I don't know. To be honest, I haven't heard enough of his music. Um, well, did, oh, see, I so, have heard both of those songs. Do you, do you think that legit? Because, I mean... Well, Marvin Gaye's passed, right? He's not, uh, it's his family that's going after him. Do you think his family's just looking for a payday? He's not just passed. He was killed by his father. Marvin Gaye got shot by his own dad. Uh, I think the family's looking for something. Um, I don't, I I have heard both songs. They are similar, but I'm not going to say that they're carbon copies of one another. Enough to allow millions of dollars to get passed between hands. I think that's completely fucking unreasonable, and I think that they're looking for some money. But, I mean, you really think that they're that emotionally distraught, like, on the... Oh, definitely not. Uh, on the news, they just kind of seem like it was just there's, travesty. Yeah, they were all dressed in black, like it was like it was a second fucking funeral. Let's let's not get ahead of ourselves, people, okay? You, you're sitting around doing nothing, and you're you're raking in millions of dollars off of a famous name, which... You know, Marvin Gaye, one of the one of the greatest. Talented. Nobody has a voice like that anymore. But at the end of the day, it's like, look, you're not working for this. And you're getting paid to sit on your ass. And how much money do you think that family has where they're, you know, they're looking for... Even, let's say they were looking for a payday. Let's say they were they just... They might be running out. I mean, 
Marvin Gaye died, what, 30 years ago by now? If not more so? So you got to figure that that has to end after a certain amount of time. I mean, I'm all about giving credit where credit's due, but I just, you know, their family and the news and just the way that it seems like they're portrayed, it feels like they're really just, they're just with a handout looking for a paycheck. And, you know, I don't know how well off their family is. I mean, I understand the musicians weren't paid as well back in the day. But I just, I don't know about this one. I'm on the fence. I, I can't believe that they're that emotionally distraught over this. They can't be. They fucking can't be. There's there's no way that every time they hear blurred lines, they drop to the floor crying about, you know, their grandfather or father whatever relationship Marvin Gaye has to these people, there's no way that that becomes such a big enough thing that it hurts them to listen. And now they're starting a lawsuit on somebody else. Well, it's a, it's it's also Pharrell again and Robin Thicke, another one of their songs. Is no, there's to... there's a completely other song, I think, somewhere. No, it is it is another Pharrell song. It's yeah. uh, Happy, I think. Yeah. Which, Happy came out before Blurred Lines. So it's like, why did if if it was such a big deal, why wouldn't she sue for that one right off the bat? Well, I don't know. What did they get? Two million dollars? Was it the settlement? I think it was seven million. Seven million dollars. Yeah. So so I don't know. Maybe let's let's go for broke. Let's see if we can get another seven million. But now you're just. I mean, but at the same time, they could have gone for seven million the first time with Happy. I just I can't imagine. It's they're such upbeat songs. It's like you hear them, and you know if it, I would think it would give me some nostalgia of my father's music and. Yeah, it's like an homage to it, I suppose. Like you, you would think that they'd feel almost flattered for it. Like, wow, you know, there's there's a song out there that that genuinely lives on through the inspiration of my loved one. That should be enough that you can say to yourself, I'm happy. And that's not a play on words. So a couple other stories. Did you hear about that teacher that got caught sexting while they were at school? Yeah, yeah. I, I met, him a, met him a few years ago. His name's fucking Jonah. <laughs> Fucking Jonah. What about that April Fools that April Fools prank that they pulled on that teacher? Did you hear about that one? No, I did not. So there so there's this teacher okay. and he has this policy to where, you know, obviously I I guess some schools they allow cell phones like when we, back in the day, you know, one kid had a cell phone and Fucking, uh, when I was growing up, you were happy to to have a fucking pager <laughs> or rotary phone in your pocket, with as old as I am. You know, really fucking old. Really, really fucking old. <laughs> well, the um, I guess this teacher's policy in his classroom is just, uh, if your phone goes off, you have to put it on speaker, and you've got to answer the phone in the middle of class. And I think the idea is to embarrass the student from trying to have a conversation, or basically just bringing the cell phone into the classroom. So this girl, as an April Fool's prank, which, by the way, I can't stand April Fool's jokes. They're just so dumb. Like, what's the point of that? Yeah, the, I don't April understand Fool's? it. Anyways. Fuck those people. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, like, people do the switcheroo. That's just yeah, whatever. Anyways, pointless. Pointless. So uh, the chick brings the phone into uh, the classroom, and the teacher goes, okay, pick it up on speaker. You could probably find it on, like, BuzzFeed or YouTube or something. And uh, okay, <laughs> the person on the other line says, Oh yeah, this is so and so from the uh, maternity clinic, and it turns out the results of your maternity or your pregnancy test are positive. So congratulations! And the girl starts crying like on cue. It's awesome. <laughs> and uh, you know the teacher's like, okay, okay, just signaling her to her to you know, okay, turn the phone off. And she's like, 
well, you know, I understand that, you know, you're you're young and you're probably a single mother and you're trying to just egg on words of encouragement from the from the would-be maternity clinic. And uh, the teacher's just beat red. He's got the paper covering his face and, you know, just said, well, you know, you need some help or financial aid, you know, come down to the clinic and blah, 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 talk to us. And this girl's like in tears. And, uh, you know, the teacher goes, well, you know, I'm really sorry about that, well, you know. And the girl goes, yeah, you know, it's okay. I thought about it, and I, you know, I have a name for my baby I'm keeping, and uh, first name's April, the middle name Fools, and just classroom busts bust out into a riot. So it's uh, So she's a fucking bitch, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. See, back in, like... It's like a bitch like, pretending to be a whore. Growing up, it was little shit. Like, you, you know, you would take all the teacher's pencils away, or... Or, you know, everyone would fall asleep all at once, you know, just just to try to be funny. But to, to embarrass a teacher and then post it online is awesome. But still, I mean, what if the guy were to have a fucking grabber right then and there and fucking die in the middle of class because he was that fucking... <coughs> You know what? Fuck that. I would have just punched that broad right in the fucking face. Uh, the teacher turned out to be... Yeah, he wasn't that old. But yeah, he's a young guy. Yeah, what, never considered what if he had a grabber. But he was a young guy. He ended up being a good sport about it. And uh, yeah, they kind of laughed it off. But I don't know. I thought it was a pretty fun video. Check it out. on. I think it's on BuzzFeed. I'd have been like, percent. April Fool's right back. Here's an F. <laughs> have you heard... And I was on the Facebook recently. And they were saying... I saw a picture of a woman, and she looked like she was cowering in a corner, and it was for Mothers Against Vaccinations. And it, and it posted, children that have vaccinations are more likely to treat the vaccination as, what was the word they used? A stepping stone to being heroin users when they grow up. That's just... I read that and I was like, if your fucking kid gets a shot and a week later he starts scratching at the wound saying, my fucking blood is itching, that's when you know the kid's going to be a heroin user. (laughs) Not, hey, I got a shot because I got to go to school. I fucking hate shot. What kid is looks forward to shots at any time? What adult really looks forward to getting a shot besides heroin users? And that's from fucking heroin. Once you use, it's, it's, you don't get a high from these vaccines. You get a shot and your fucking arm is sore for like two days. You don't, you're not thinking about, oh, I'm so euphoric in the way I feel with this medicine coursing through my veins. You don't think that shit. So how is that the gateway? That was the word they used, gateway. How is that the gateway to fucking heroin? Yeah, I'm actually surprised that you bring this up. I mean, I'm more about, okay, everybody probably should get vaccinations, you know, just because I don't think there's anything really, that's probably more a conservative article than uh, than anything, I would say. That's like that's like saying if a kid uses Nasonex, they're automatically going to start doing coke. There's no rhyme or reason between these two things. <laughs> Cocaine's a hell of a drug. I guess so. I don't know. It, for me, it was... It's just... I mean, fuck if I know, but how does anybody correlate these two things? It's, it, it blew my fucking mind. And I unfriended 
that woman in a in a heartbeat over that. And she's very much the hipster mom of, you know, I'm going to feed my kids organic meals at all times and make sure that... Oh, she's like Jenny McCarthy? Oh, it's horrible. If If tomorrow morning she were to make her breakfast, eat it, and then puke it into her kid's mouth, I would not be surprised. That shit is horrible. I cannot believe that people out there even exist with this shit. I don't know. And fuck hippies, all right? I'm just going to say it. <laughs> fuck that whole hipster, hippie kind of thing. Like, even just thinking that there's somebody out there that's that messy and gross on purpose. Really, bot- I mean, it's like the odd couple. I don't know if you've ever, we're gonna We're doing the play the odd couple, if you don't already know. Oh, that's right. April, April 10th. The we are. April 10th. Now, I've talked to a lot of people about this, and most of them automatically assume it's the TV show, which they're making a fucking remake TV show with Matthew Perry. I don't know if you've seen this, but let me explain to you what The Odd Couple is, for those that don't know. Almost like, this is almost going to be like a theater cliff notes, if you will. The Odd Couple is about Felix Unger, who's a really clean, pristine kind of person, you know, very OCD, and this other guy, Mr. Wilson, who's really messy and stuff, and he happens to be the coach of a little league team, and they're they're actual bears, but they're they're always it's always bad news for them. This group of kids, and they grew up, and all of a sudden, you know, it's two guys living in a house with a bunch of kids. You know, it's and they're just a weird. They're gay, actually. I don't know if you knew that. They're they're gay in 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 the play that we're doing. We're going to have the two main stars making out with one another. And it's very avant-garde. Half half of the show, they're actually naked. It's the weirdest thing. Kind of like life imitates art. Exactly. And like halfway through, it switches. And they're no longer the odd couple. They're normal. They're the regular couple. And Felix, it turns out, spoiler alert at the end of the play, is actually a woman. So I didn't mean to ruin the entire play for you guys. But if you get a chance, check that out. This has been... The Odd Couple Cliff Notes. And with that, you've just been somewhat educated. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, man. (laughs) You got any more topics you want to talk about? Uh, like... I I don't have any, like, top topics off the top of my mind or anything like that, but, uh... What do you got? You got anything else? Uh, well, uh, so I was at the uh, I was at the bar the other day, and I overheard these two guys talking about private privatization of a uh, of the military, uh, and uh, private privatization of you know the police force, and how we could really be improving our law enforcement and cracking down on on neighborhoods if if things were more privatized. And just so at that, my thing is when it comes to that. When does it cross the line into becoming a militia? Well, I mean, that's that's my whole thing. I think that everybody should get the same amount of protection from their from their local their local precinct. Now, granted, I haven't had very many good experiences with cops, but I mean, I think for someone to come along and say "fuck cops," I, I think for someone to come along and say that uh, they need a private. You know, they need a private precinct or they, you know, they need a privately funded precinct or, you know, one precinct is going to be better funded than other. That's, that's kind of, that's really racist. I mean, you think about it. I mean, in, in the poorer communities, I mean, if they couldn't have, you know, a, a functioning police station, 
You know, we're really trying to cater to... I think it should go the exact opposite. I think the rich people should pay more to fund the private police stations in the lower income areas so that there's a greater police force in the higher crime rate areas and that way rich people can lose more fucking money. Because most of the politicians, they could pay for a whole task force on a daily basis anyway. So at that point, they could forego some of their money and earnings. I mean, they're already kind of doing it anyway. I mean, you know, if you live in a gated community, you've got your own private security. You know, you can hire hire people, like, hire people to live in your house, hire people to, you know, if you're super rich, you have a gated. So, like, why would anybody want to privatize law enforcement or privatize, you know, home security, privatize? Because people want total control. If you're paying somebody directly you had the opportunity to tell that person to do what you want them to do otherwise if it's how it is now if a rich person goes up to a cop and hopefully he's not a fucking crooked one but if he goes up to a guy and he says this guy just punched me in the face what are you going to do about it if it's privatized they're going to lean probably more towards your side versus if it's a public office kind of thing then that person's gotta kind of find out what's going on between both sides they're not gonna have a vested interest in one side anyway yeah i just think that's uh it creates favoritism it's just everybody should have an equal equal opportunity to to have the law i say fuck it once a year we're gonna do like the purge everyone's gonna be able to kill one person and that'll be it just get it out of our system that person has the opportunity to fight back if they wish. Can't just go up and kill them. But it'll make for a fun sport. Well, speaking of death penalty. Oh, God. Uh, what what are your thoughts on the uh, that Bo Bergdahl? Uh, we talked about him in a couple different episodes. What um, a really topic of discussion that's coming up. It's kind of trending now. Is uh, what kind of ramifications he should face. This was a guy who... It's treason. It's it's the only it's the only thing that's actually notated as being illegal in the Constitution. If you read the entire Constitution and the Bill of Rights, the only thing that is a criminal offense according to them, and it says it right there in black and white, well faded black and white at this point, is treason. Treason's the greatest crime according to them. Well, I mean that's so. The real topic discussion is that what um, what would be the penalty? What would be the you know form a line once a week? As many people as they want can go up and kick them in the dick. <laughs> Just one swift kick. You pay your fee. You move on. <laughs> so we're gonna be making money off of this guy. Of course, <laughs> that's the least that we can get out of him at this point, because. I mean, you got to give him a week to heal and think that it's over, and then you start it all over again. And ultimately, I can't think of a torture worse than that. Look, we traded five terrorists for your ass. Exactly. The least you could get is a kick in the nuts. We're going to get our money back from this guy. And then, after, after two weeks, with a break in the middle between each week, you turn him around, and you kick the other side. Just right in the pooper. I want him feeling it from both fucking ends. Oh, jeez. Christ. I cannot stand this fucking president. How much longer does he have? 
I think he did a great job up until uh, yeah, so far. And uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. The whole the whole medical system and our government earnings are low. It's oh. I can't even. Millions of people now have coverage. Fuck those millions of people. Oh, okay. They wait. Gonna... How long did they wait to get that coverage? We're we're gonna talk about this again. Uh, we're gonna bring this. No, up. no, we're not gonna talk about it because I'm right. I'm always right, except for you know the whole Cubs thing. But we're gonna let that go. <laughs> uh, no, fuck the Cubs. I can't take it anymore. Fuck the Cubs. <laughs> fuck them. Fuck them two times. I hope we could bring. Ron Santo back from the dead so he can coach this shit-ass team. <laughs> I wouldn't piss on his grave if I was on the Oops, I Did It Again fucking podcast. <laughs> anyway, fuck Obama. Christ. And Chewy, here's another question. Why the fuck are we going to have a mayor named Chewy? <laughs> this isn't Star Wars, okay? You have a governor named Han Solo. Exactly. We're going to be... How am I supposed to take him seriously when he walks around with a nickname? It's bad enough our president's name is Barack. Now, our mayor's going to be Chewy. Oh, I cannot take it anymore. What happened to real, just plain names like like Luke? <laughs> Luke and Chewy. Or Nick. Or Adam. Or Rodney. Or Jim. James. Michael. No. Fucking Barack and fucking Chewy. I feel like I'm living in the fucking Twilight Zone. Alright, Jonah's story of the week? Alright, Jonah's story of the week. Let's do it. So, Jonah was dating this girl at the time. And he had, uh... She she was probably... She, she was the fashionista type girl. You know, Jonah's never really been one to... To have a kind of be conscious of fashion. Unless you count his collection of weird hats... Or the time when he used to wear a beret. And he wore a beret. Jonah, you know he did. So she was... I don't want to say she was out of his league. I mean, Jonah just usually has just this incredible amount of impressive charisma. That, uh, you know, it's everybody usually... Doesn't matter what you do, ladies. Sooner or later, you're going to end up making out with Jonah. But uh, even this, this, this girl he was dating at the time... Everybody thought, oh, nice pull, Jonah. Nice. But she was very, very uh, fashion conscious. She had, you know, good collection of shoes. And we know this because, you know, he, he and uh, she and Jonah had moved in together, and they were living together at the time. Nice. And uh, there was just one night in back in Jonah's days where he just get completely obliterated, just absolutely gone. Sounds like Jonah. And, uh, you know... Jonah just gets wasted drunk and, you know, he'll forget where he is, like the time that he uh, he peed on our wall at our house. Oh. So, um... So, we, back in our Sigma Delta days, were playing a, you know, a round of Turbo Cups. Now, this wasn't for competition like we normally do. Uh, we were just kind of more fucking around. Just an excuse to drink. And Actually, I don't even... I think it might not have even been... While I think we were graduated from Lewis at this time, we were just kind of hanging out top of the Sigma Delta group and playing around the Turbo Cups. And somebody got an idea that they wanted to do a power hour. So for those of you who aren't familiar with what a power hour is, is it's every 60 seconds, 
a shot of beer. Now, it doesn't sound like much, just a shot of beer, like a two-ounce shot of beer, but if you extrapolate the shot of beer, two ounces on the hour, I mean, you're looking at 120 ounces of beer, which, uh, well, that's, it's, I think it's the equivalent of uh, maybe 10 beers. So it's it's a good amount of beer. Um, you're probably going to get shit-faced if you try doing it. There are only a handful of people who actually make it through a power hour. But needless to say, if you, Jonah can make it through a power hour, uh, needless to say, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's basically 10 beers in an hour. Um, but anyways, so <laughs> we made it through a power hour. You know, Jonah, we, we get it, you get him home, and uh, we, <laughs> we didn't find out what happened until uh, we heard the story from her. And we're, we're not going to mention her name because she doesn't... Um, didn't really talk to us anymore, but she basically, Jonah came home, he's looking for the bathroom, finds a door, opens it up, and starts pissing. Oh, boy. <laughs> I think I do remember this story. He starts pissing in a, in a closet Oh, on all of her shoes, which, you know, if you're that type of girl, cardinal sin, to piss on, and we're talking probably two, three hundred dollar pairs of shoes, and probably good two dozen pairs. Jesus. So it's, uh... Yeah, that was our quick Jonah story of the week. Just uh, another Jonah getting obliterated and how? All right, what's the most amount of money you've ever paid for one article of clothing? I'm, I've never really been into the, uh, you know, the brand name brands. You no, know, me neither. I think like 120 bucks for a pair of shoes that I wanted back when I was like 20. I think that was the last time I spent. Besides, like a, a watch. Or, you know, something... A nice piece of jewelry. Correct. Besides something like that, obviously, you know, I, I feel okay. Not necessarily okay, but I'm more comfortable knowing that that amount of money is being spent for something that's actually worth that much money. Not a pair of shoes that's literally going to be walking around in dirt. There's dirt fucking everywhere. You're going to be... They're going to get dirty somewhere on the shoe. See, see that's what I don't understand. The, the whole... You know the the fashionistas of the world, where they're spending all this money on uh, on purses. You know there, there are these purses out there. They're like five, six thousand dollars. People don't even think twice about looking at them. I didn't even realize there were that much. It's a dead piece of leather. It's a dead animal that you're putting in your armpit. That's how I feel about Jordans. So yeah, I don't understand how um, people spend uh, that amount of money on just clothes, things that they're gonna wear, things that you know they need, things that they could pick up just at a regular department store. All right, man. I don't think I got anything else. You got anything, brother? No. <laughs> All right, go see Odd Couple premiering April 10th, also playing April 17th at the Bicentennial Park in Joliet. Listen to all the shows on the Disease Network, including Something Gate, Um That Just Happened, Das Drunks, of course, you're going to get a disease. Of course. But um, you know, more importantly, Um That Just Happened, it's a really great podcast. The guys in there, it's really Incredible show. Yeah, that guy, uh, that lot, guy Adam. A lot more I, fun. A lot more fun than this. I think he's, uh, not to, not to sound gay, I think he's the greatest looking guy I've ever seen <laughs> in real life. And I've seen some really good looking ones. Alright, uh, for Luke, I'm Nick. Go get a disease, everybody. Bye. Peters.